Amen. And you may be seated. Well, before we begin this morning, before we jump into our teaching series, um, I just got a little story real quick. I was wearing the other day on Tuesday, uh, we were traveling up to Grand Rapids, my wife and I, uh, getting ready for our district conference, and I stopped in Panera Bread. Any Panera Bread lovers? Yes. So I got a cinnamon crunch bagel and some caramel drink. It was phenomenal. And I got it, and I was wearing our new uh, t-shirts, church t-shirts that say live love, and I was getting ready to walk out, and a guy says, you need to sell a lot of those. I I said, excuse me? (laughs) He says, you need to sell a whole lot of those. I was like, isn't that true? Like, just looking at our culture today, do we ever, more than ever, do we need to live like Jesus and share his love? Man, and it just caught my attention. I was like, man, I hope we give everyone these t-shirts and you just wear it wherever, do whatever you want with it. But we need to live like Jesus and share his love. Um, Quickly, again, before we jump in, you can go to the title slide, Anthony. Um, We have kids going to kids camp. Uh, This is one of the fundraisers that Josh had to kiss the pig, remember that whole thing. So we get to send all of our kids free to kids camp for what you've guys done in the donation of Kiss the Pig fundraiser. So what I want to do is most of all the majority of our kids, I'm not going to have them come up like we did the teens for NTS because most of them are back there. I know some of our teens are in here that are going to serve as counselors there. Let's just have a moment of prayer over them. And uh, yeah, let's just pray for them as they get ready to go to kids camp in two days. Father God, we lift up those kids to you. I pray first and foremost, they have a great time at camp. I pray that they look back as they grow older and say, man, those were times where I had fun, I learned about Jesus, and it was awesome. We pray for their hand of protection. We pray for those kids, even whatever ages they are, that they make decisions for you, Jesus. We pray for our teens that are going to be there as counselors. Give them strength to endure what lies ahead. And God, may it just be a blessing Thank you for this church and their willingness to do something so silly as kiss the pig, but we're able to send all of our kids free to camp because of what this church is willing to do. So thank you, Jesus. Bless those kids. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're on a summer teaching series, we're actually almost finished with it, called Superpowers. And we've been looking into Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. It's these nine characteristics that a guy by the name of Paul writes to all the churches he planted in this region, present-day Turkey. And he writes these superpowers, and we've been tackling one every week. And I hope, like you, I've gotten a brand new perspective on these superpowers. Again, I mentioned in my prayer last week, I always looked at these fruits of the Spirit and thought, lame, lame, like, give me invincibility or flying powers. Like, if I'm going to get something, give me something cool, not all this. But man, it's just my world has been opened. And now, I don't know about you, but I've been living this more intentionally since we've started this journey together. Like, just the way I deal with my kids specifically, because they like to get under my skin. (laughs) Just the way I deal with those things. So this morning, before we jump in, I'm going to ask a question. What makes you impatient? 
What makes you impatient? Maybe it's the doctor's office. You have to wait. Maybe it's the secretary of state. Maybe it's waiting in traffic. Turn to your neighbor and just share with them, this makes me impatient. Like, this is it, all right? Take 43 seconds. Go. And if it's the person sitting next to you, don't say it's them. By the amount of discussion, I'm guessing we have a lot of impatient people here. Hey, the other day, I was um, going through a coffee shop. I know, shocker, I know. And I was going through the drive through and I was just trying to get in and out, in and out. Um, I needed something to wake me up. Um, I was getting my wife something, and uh, I ordered. I would come up through the drive through and uh, I wait. And five minutes go by, and I'm waiting. Seven minutes go by, I'm still waiting. Like, I've already ordered. I'm at the window, right? I see them all making drinks. Nine minutes go by, I get my first drink. Fifteen minutes go by, I'm still waiting for my drink. I kid you not. I'm about ready to release some holy anger on these people. (laughs) And the frustrating thing is, and I don't mean to be just crass in this, I had to go potty. (laughs) It was horrible experience. And I'm sitting there, and I finally, I was like, I, I cannot wait for my drink any longer. I knock on the window, get their attention. And, the, and they came, and I said, I am sorry, but I have been waiting so long for one drink. I've already got my other. I'm still waiting. There's a line behind me. I have to use your restroom now. I said, can I just go and park and get out of the drive through and you can see me go in, and then just give me my drink when I get done? They said, yes, we are so sorry. And so I did. But the problem is I walk into the restroom and the whole, or into the, um, the coffee place, and the whole time I'm sitting here praying, please, God, let no one be in that bathroom. Please, I've waited long enough. And thank you, there was no one in that restroom. And I got out. But the issue is I came out, and I'm trying to think, like, Oh, man, Ryan, how are you going to react in this moment? You've waited so much. The drive through is supposed to be fast, right? I mean, that's the point of a drive through It's supposed to be fast. And I get my drink, and they said, I'm sorry, sir. And I said, oh, that's all right. You know, I mean, I lied. That's not all right. But you know what? That's what you say. That's all right. So I grabbed it, and I walked out, and I took the first sip, and it's lukewarm. Like to just know, like everything. We have stories that we're impatient about. And one of the things that Paul writes is the fruit of the Spirit, the result of being a follower of Jesus, is love, joy, peace, and that one. (laughs) Patience. Of all of them, I don't like that one. I'm sure if I asked my wife if I'm patient, she would laugh at me, just being totally transparent. Sometimes I'm the most impatient person. I want it now, let's go. I wanted my hot extra shot coffee now. I don't want to wait 15 minutes and then have to use your restroom and then get a lukewarm coffee. I want it now when I order it. So many of us are so impatient. Don't look at the person sitting next to you. And oftentimes, people who are impatient, (laughs) speaks for itself. (laughs) We say they have a short what? 
They got a short fuse. It's like light a match. Boom, you have no idea. Like, and these people, let's be honest, we love each other, but these people annoy us. We don't want to be by these people. You have no idea when they're going to explode. And it's like walking on eggshells or landmines when you're around these people. But yet, Paul writes, Paul, who we say church destroyer, hated this Jesus movement, persecuted, voted to persecute and kill Christians, who now experienced Jesus, went around all ancient Greco-Roman world, planted churches, says one of the things that you have access to as a follower of Jesus, it's in you, patience. But why is it that so many of us are like this? We are short-fused people. But patient people, we would say, are long-fused. Patient people don't get emotionally unraveled when they're waiting 15 minutes for a cup of coffee. So this morning, I want to journey with you on why we should be patient with one another. If it's a superpower that we live into, how can we actually live into it? Why should I? Let me give you some descriptors of, of, or descriptors of what patience is. I came across this. Patience is to suffer a difficult situation or person while retaining a good attitude. How hard is that? Thank you. <laughs> patience is the capacity to deal with an annoying person without writing them off. I'm done with you. You're annoying. Good luck in life. <laughs> patience is to endure a challenging situation without getting nasty. And this, I think, is the level of maturity in our lives as followers of Jesus. To pass through a trial without becoming a trial. Lastly, patience is being at your best when the people or a situation around you might not be at their best. And some of you are thinking right now, Ryan, I don't need to change. Everyone around me needs to change. <laughs> See? <laughs> some of you right now are thinking about that annoying person and saying, no, you don't understand. I have to constantly go after them and be patient because if I don't, they're never going to change. And some of you think right now, this is why you are just going after them over and over, because this is the only way they're going to change. What would happen if it's you that needs to change? It's you that needs to live out the superpower of patience. Patience. So this morning, I want to look at three conversations we're going to have, three reasons to cultivate patience in our lives. Are you ready? I wish I had a church that was ready. Are you ready? Yes. Hey, here we go. First reason. Thank you. 
See, see, <laughs> I learned this from a pastor. When I don't hear things, that means I, I think you don't get it, so I go longer to make sure you get it. So when I hear yes and amen, and I think, hey, they're getting it, we can shorten this thing up, all right? So three reasons to cultivate patience in our life. The first is this, patience, we need to cultivate it because it's the environment in which relationships thrive. You show me a relationship that's thriving, and I guarantee you, patience is one of them. There is no way relationships thrive without patience. In fact, Paul writes about this to some of the very first churches he plants, first followers of Jesus. They have no idea what it's like to be with community with one another. This is the first generation of followers of Jesus. They don't have the example of the grandparents. They don't have the example of the parents. This is first generation. They don't know what they're doing. And Paul writes to them. So take a journey with me, if you will, to the... Can you go to the next slide, Anthony? Hey, there we go. Hey, there we go. To Colossae. It's a city there that Paul visited. There's a church. We have the letter in our Newer Testament called, what do you think? Colossians. And Paul visits there. They're in conflict with one another. Different ethnic backgrounds, different political backgrounds. Some are voting Trump. Some are voting Clinton. They're all together. And Paul writes, there's an issue here, and I want you to do this if you're going to worry and grow in relationship to one another. Do this. In Colossians 3.12, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and what? That was good. Patience. He's saying basically, there are things in life we clothe ourselves with. Anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. And those are things that we clothe ourselves that are ugly rags we wear in relationship. And the, the church in Colossae, you followers of Jesus, what I'm telling you is, put on these nice clothes and put on what looks good on you. And let me tell you what looks good on you. It's compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and what? Patience. Oh, is this not so hard to that annoying person in our lives? But Paul says in Colossians, clothe yourselves with patience. The other journey Paul takes is to the church in Ephesus. We talked about it last week. He's, Paul's always wanted to go there as a missionary. He wants to go there so bad. It's the fourth largest city. It's a port city. And he's like, God, take me there. And God finally takes him there. And they have the same conflict in their church. Same first followers of Jesus. They've never had the example set before them. And Paul writes, and this one's a little more difficult for us, in Ephesians 4.2, says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Can we read this one together? Let's go. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. This one's hard for us to live out as well. Because when we're in that moment, that situation, we're handling that person that's bringing a bunch of pressure. 
The last thing we are thinking is I must be humble, gentle. I must be patient. And I have to bear with them in love. How about they're annoying right now? The last thing I want to do is love on them. And what's interesting here is I think what Paul's getting at is the glue of relationships is patience. The glue of relationships within these first churches that were started by Paul is not that we all believe alike. We all dress alike. We all have the same maturity in life. Paul says, no, what brings you together is when you clothe yourself with patience. That's when this environment will thrive and my church will do what it's supposed to do. You know what's interesting about this is he's writing to Christians. You know what that tells us? Christians are having trouble with being patient. Shocker. What holds us together is, yes, I may not like this person. They may be annoying. I'm so impatient with them. But guess what? Jesus died for them too. That we're all adopted into God's family. They're your brother and sister in Christ. And Paul says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. And bear with each other in love. Ryan, it's normal to have spouses snip at each other. And they're snipping and snipping. And eventually one spouse just freezes out the other spouse. And they get angry and bitter and they separate. Well, it's normal to have that teenager that's constantly, always, never coming home at curfew. It's normal, and I don't know what to do. It's normal to be at the workplace and have petty politics come in the way between you and your coworkers and your bosses, and you're just stuck. You don't know what to do. But normal isn't working. It's patience that will make the difference in our relationships with one another. It will make the difference in your relationship in your marriage. It will make the difference in your relationship with your coworkers and your boss. It's the difference that will be to those that are on the sports field and in the classroom. It's patience. And what's sad here is Paul actually writes this. We ought to absolutely be so hurt deep down knowing that a lot of times we see fractions in God's church. God's own people. You see church splits. You see churches closed down. Why? Because they can't live out this. I can't be patient with them. They don't dress the way I want them to dress. They don't believe what I want them to believe. They don't act like I think they should act as a Christian. They don't sing the songs I want them to sing. They don't do this. They don't pray long enough. They don't do whatever. And Paul writes, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. How are you doing? Sometimes I know you want to just drop kick a person. How are you doing? In patience. Be patient. Because it's patience is the environment in which relationships thrive. Now I need you to be thinking about that annoying person in your life. Or that annoying situation. Or that person that just gets under your skin. Think about them right now. I'm going to ask Pastor Josh to come up. You are not my annoying person. 
okay? So don't think that. Just stand right there. Yep, good, 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 good. Now, get that annoying person. This is just an example. Or is it? The second reason we need to cultivate patience in our life is because patience is the difference between our grace and our wrath. Josh. I'm praying right now I don't shoot all you. That's what my instinct wants to do. You've got that annoying person? So many times you sit there and think about that annoying person. You're that firecracker, short-fused, and every pump, you're like, why do they act like that? Why... When I ask them to pray for lunch, do they seem like they have to pray around the whole earth over every situation before we finally pray for the meal? The person is too huggy. Personal space here. They are so annoying, they just want to hug me all the time. I'm fed up with it. And we sit there. And we feel pressure from them. And eventually, our relationship comes to a point when we're not patient with one another, we will react to one another. And our reaction will either be grace or wrath. Now, be honest, how many of you want me to squirt him right now? <laughs> The question is, you have that person in mind that just bugs you. You are so impatient with them. My challenge to you is put down your wrath. Is when you choose to put down your wrath, what you're doing is you're tipping the relationship towards grace and saying, I will walk with you. I will get into your shoes and understand the pressure you're feeling. You know what I'm feeling. I'm feeling this squirt gun full of wrath right now. But I'm laying that aside because in relationships, patience is the environment they thrive. And I'm deciding I will walk with you. So often we want that wrath to come out. But patience is the difference between our grace and our wrath. Will you put your wrath aside to say, let me walk into your shoes? It takes the pressure from us and puts it on them to understand what they're feeling in life. And let me tell you, church, this is not easy. This is why patience is a superpower. Because our natural bent is wrath towards them. Our natural bent is revenge, revenge, revenge. They're hurting me. I can't stand them. But I'm asking, church, will you put wrath aside for grace? You can sit down. Thank you. I want us to read this 
Andy Stanley, pastor at North Point Community Church in Atlanta, Georgia, says, if you want to change someone, hurt them deeply or love them deeply. We have an opportunity to live out like Jesus. You have an opportunity. What do you think Jesus would choose? Uh, come on, come on. What do you think Jesus would choose? Be honest. Let's do it. So the question is, if we're called as followers of Jesus, this is who we follow, why is our bent to hurt? May you love them profoundly and choose grace over your wrath. And what does that? It's your patience. My kids the other day were getting under my skin, and I'm sitting there, and I'm laying in bed, but I, pro- I swear to you, I, I don't swear, but I promise to you, I was sitting there going, Patience is the difference between my grace and my wrath. Patience is the difference between my grace and my wrath. And I was grace-filled. Shocking. I was grace-filled in that moment. But I'll tell you what, it's turned in the last couple days the way I handle moments when my kids get under my skin. I have an example to set to my kids. Will they see me in full of wrath and anger, or will they see Jesus shining through me? And we all have that option when we deal with those annoying people in our lives. So if you will, it's tough. Let's read this together. This is tough. Ready? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Let's tap into that superpower. But I'm going to give you the last reason we should cultivate this superpower. It's because God was patient with you. God was patient with you. God never wrote you off. All the baggage, all the heartache that you've caused your parents, all the baggage you bring, all the past that you bring, God never wrote you off. God was there. God was patient seeing you through it. God will never write you off. May we not write others off. Even in the midst of all the hurt and pain they're causing us, be reminded, I'm going to show them grace, not wrath. And if I'm going to thrive in this relationship, it's going to be patience that makes it thrive. And in the midst of this, God, you have never wrote me off. Although I deserved it, you never wrote me off. Help me, God, in this moment to not write the annoying person off. Have you ever had someone say something? And it just hurts so deep. And your first reaction is, I'm done. Or maybe someone, you did something at work that you should have got credit and someone else stole that credit from you. And it went up in the ranks and you're like, what? Forget you. That was my idea. That was my project. That was my thing. Forget you. And we write them off. Or we think our parents are being unfair. I'm 17, I can do what I want. You know, midnight curfew is ridiculous and you just write your parents off. Be patient because God was patient with you. We ask the praise team to come up. Who needs to be patient? Any mom or dad with a three and five-year-old at home. 
any mom and dad with a 13, 17-year-old at home? Who needs to be patient? Anyone that works with someone. (laughs) And who needs to be patient? Anyone who worships together. May we be patient with one another. May we not be like Colossae or Ephesus. And if Paul was to come and look at our church, would he write, guys, you need to be patient with one another. You need to bear with one another in love because you guys are so impatient with each other. And as people come and check out our church and visit us, they're going to know if we love one another. It'll be patience is the environment in which relationships thrive. And in the midst of it, maybe you're like, I can't tap into this superpower. I want you to know as a follower of Jesus, you have access to this superpower. What needs to happen is there needs to be less of you and more of him in your life. Less of you, more of him. And if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, you're off the hook. This was to believers. But even if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, it's still a wonderful idea to be patient. And I hope if you've been hurt by a past, by a past Christian, by a past follower of Jesus, that you will continue to check us out. You would continue to try us. But I want you to know this. If you're not a follower of Jesus, listen, we're all broken and sinful. And we're sorry for the times that we haven't been impatient or we tried to make you mold into something that's not biblical. May we be patient with you. May we live like Jesus and share his love. May Jesus shine through you. Let me pray. God, it is so easy to be impatient and we want holy anger coming from us. We want revenge. We're annoyed by people. We're annoyed by situations. But Father, you've already given us access to this superpower, this character trait called patience. You've given it to us. Now I pray we live into it. And in those moments that we don't feel like loving people, in the moments we don't feel like forgiving them, in the moments we don't feel like talking to them, God, I pray for less of us and more of you in those situations that we live into being patient with one another bearing with one another in love. And I pray for those situations if we've thought about that person or that situation that gets under our skins, I pray moving forward, God, that they would see our grace and not our wrath. That they would see you shining through us. Because as followers of Jesus, we're called to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And oftentimes, walls are put up when we have wrath and anger towards people. May we live and become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, our ushers can come forward. You can grab that connection card that you tore out from your bulletin. It's a perfect time to put it in the offering plate if you're a first-time guest with us. Again, welcome to Radiant Life Church. You can take your connection card to Radiant Cafe free drinks to the whole family on us as a way to say thank you. Also, don't forget online giving. It's for your convenience to build God's kingdom here and beyond.
Many of you have been taking advantage of that, and I thank you so much for what you're doing. Let's pray for the offering. God, bless both the gift and the giver. As we trust you with whatever you've blessed us with, we return a little bit just to see your kingdom grow. It's an act of obedience. And as followers of Jesus, we're obeying. Because with obeying comes blessing. Oftentimes we want blessing before obeying. So Father God, bless both the gift and the giver. And God, may we see more of you and less of us. And we ask this in Jesus' name.